Utrikespolitik. Det är inga pajaskonster. Det är inte hehe och hepp from what we're deciding to have for dinner to who we're voting for in the next election is guided without us knowing it. While small decisions like our food choices might not seem that important, other influences can have a big impact on our society. We're talking about the influence of artificial intelligence. To limit this impact, the EU has drafted the Artificial Intelligence Act. Today, here at Radio UF, at Student Radio Niti Takomania, we discuss this act and how uh, it protects or fails to protect our democratic processes. Um, my name is Maud, I'm studying Peace and Conflict here at Uppsala University, and I'm here with... Sara, and I'm also studying a Bachelor's in Peace and Development Studies. And today we have a special guest calling in, uh, Alberto Fernandez Kibaya. He's a Senior Program Officer at International IDEA. He works on the relationship between technology and democracy and his uh, primary focus is on Europe and the Asia Pacific. And I actually interned at International Idea with uh, Alberto as my supervisor. So good to talk to you again. Welcome, Alberto. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Yeah, we're, I think it's super interesting. You wrote an op-ed uh, about it uh, and we're uh, glad to discuss this with you. That was Fucking Up All Matters by Tegan and Sarah. Yeah, so uh, before we get into the Artificial Intelligence Act that Maud mentioned in the intro, could you just uh, tell us a little bit about how artificial intelligence actually influences our democratic processes? Yes, of course. Um, so there is a lot of hype about uh, around artificial intelligence. Uh, intelligence. There, there is a lot of uh, investment, a lot of uh, countrywide strategies on how to harness the power of artificial intelligence. So a lot of the discourse around it is hype, but we need to also understand the potential that artificial intelligence has. And the potential that artificial intelligence has is mostly because it can replicate human behavior. Uh, in many aspects. It's sometimes impossible to know if something has been written by an artificial intelligence system or it has actually been written by a real person. So how can artificial intelligence influence democratic processes? That's precisely where it, where it can have a, a strong influence and is in creating content. So because artificial intelligence can replicate human behavior and we will not be able to um to know if we are interacting with a person or with a, a system an artificial intelligence system we run the risk of uh, believing we are interacting with real people and, and that of course human behavior it has uh, when you are interacting and discussing with a real person you you're prone to be convinced about certain arguments and, and that places a risk that we can easily or more easily be manipulated. 
So the main risk uh, that I see and, and the main way artificial intelligence can influence uh, democratic processes is especially during political campaigns and, and the power that it gives to influence people at a massive scale that we don't, uh, we can't right now. I mean, right now, if you want to influence people online, individually, it is very cumbersome. You need a lot of people um, working these obscure uh, social media accounts. You need to have a whole structure of news and so on. And, and it requires a really big operation. If, if the future of artificial intelligence is as they say, uh, that will be possible with just buying the correct artificial intelligence system. So there is a lot of potential for influencing democratic processes and, and reaching a point where you, your interactions online are always a question mark. You don't know if you will be interacting with a person. That was Fly by Kilen Manjaro and Elise Elvira. And you're, you're talking about if the future of artificial intelligence is as they say, but like, do we already see like clear examples of this now or like maybe in recent uh, elections in France or Slovenia? I don't think so. One of the interesting things about uh, the whole world of uh, online political campaigns is that we don't know because none of those things are regulated enough, but also because most of the things that political parties do are not legal. So it is not legal to mount disinformation campaigns, yet political parties do it. So even if they were, I don't think we will know right now. But I am of the opinion, uh, and I here I don't have proofs, that they are not being used yet. Uh, they are not developed enough. And they are, I think, there is still a very high risk of getting caught if you are actually uh, using artificial intelligence run bots to try to convince people to vote for one party or another. It's, I think the, the risk of being discovered doing that is still too high and no party wants to, to do that because, of course, uh, it wouldn't look very well. So I don't think we are seeing that. But it's still, there's probably what they uh, call data-driven campaigns that use artificial intelligence systems. So data-driven campaigns basically means that you use data to understand your target population, who, what type of messages should you try to craft and to whom should you try to, um, or who should be exposed to those messages. And I, I believe there is already uses of artificial intelligence in um, testing these type of things. So for instance, it's probably quite easy to create a series of uh, different ads online for a political party, place them on, um, on a platform like Facebook that allows political ads, and then get an artificial intelligence system to register how, how much interaction they get and then promote those that get more interaction and demote those that get less interaction. So I, I think uses like that might be um, might be in use, but probably not not the ones that are really risky. Another issue that is very relevant here is also the use of artificial intelligence by uh, platforms, by, by Facebook, Twitter, and so on. 
So what happens today is that the decision on who gets to see an ad, it's not done by a person. It's done by a artificial intelligence system. So that means that um, it is an artificial intelligence system deciding if, if I'm a political party that I want to target, let's say, uh, men between 50 and 60 years old, um, socially conservative, religious, with a tendency not to like feminism. Let's put it that way. It will be an artificial intelligence system, the one selecting those profiles. It's not going to be a person. So there is a lot of problems with the type of bias that can be created uh, with those systems, uh, because we don't know how they are selecting those uh, those profiles. So uh, you can see already that there is a lot of bias on how um, how the targets of those ads might, might be selected. Okay, yeah, I think we'll come back to that a little bit later. Let's move on to the this Artificial Intelligence Act now that the EU has proposed. Do you uh, want to explain just a little bit about what it is and uh, why it's yes. important? So the Artificial Intelligence Act has to be understood within push that the European Union is doing on regulating technology. So this is part of a relatively big number of legislative uh, initiatives that include the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Service Act that try to regulate both economic exchange online, uh, this is the Digital Market Act, and also content online. Who is responsible for content online? And that's the Digital Service Act. So the third leg of that will be the Artificial Intelligence Act that tries to regulate how artificial intelligence systems are to be used, who is responsible, and what type of measures are needed uh, in order to use them. So basically what the Artificial Intelligence Act says is that there are different levels of potential harm that can be done by an artificial intelligence system. Maybe I should have explained this before. Artificial intelligence system refers to how to explain this, the coding that goes beyond a system. So you will have a lot of data points, and then the system is the way to interpret those points. Let's, let's put it this way. But then you can deploy that in different ways. So what the Artificial Intelligence Act tries to do is to set up responsibilities and to set up some boundaries of what you are allowed to do and what you are not allowed to do. Uh, so basically it tries to understand, to set the line of what type of uses of artificial intelligence are too risky to be allowed, or there is a, a second uh, category where uh, there is a high risk, but they are okay, you can use them as far as they follow certain limitations. So the artificial intelligence act is very important precisely because it's it's putting a, a regulation uh, on something that clearly will be way more present on our lives in the coming years. But another key aspect of why the Artificial Intelligence Act is really important is because the European Union is becoming a trendsetter in terms of legislation, uh, tech legislation. So there are different ways to legislate technology. The American one traditionally has been the dominant one, uh, the US one, 
is more hands off, try to set big principles, but then let the private sector figure things out. Uh, and is way less protective in terms of data, for instance. Then we have the Chinese type of legislation that tries to align strongly with the party requirements and its focus on making sure that private companies have a space to grow, but they don't represent a threat to the system. What the European uh, approach is to protect uh, the individual of society. So it's it's legislation that tries to protect the individual and society while still allowing, um, of course, private companies to, to develop technology and to implement technology. Why, why this is important? Because the European Union is becoming the trendsetter for the rest of the world. Most countries are looking at the European Union to see what type of legislation is approved and then almost copy-pasting this legislation. So that's why the Interf um, Artificial Intelligence Act is very important because it not only affects one of the biggest economies in the world, the European Union, it will very likely affect or influence the way artificial intelligence is regulated all over. And that was Du och jag by Kvarteret. Okay, so it's very important, so we need to take a closer look at what it entails. What are some of its shortcomings then, and then specifically like looking at democratic processes, of course? Yes, there is a big fundamental shortcoming on the Artificial Intelligence Act. And one very important thing is that this is not a final text. And it's been negotiated at the European Union Parliament level and Commission level right now and there are some suggestions from, from the relators every piece of legislation of the european union has to two meps that sort of like try to gather consensus from uh, gather input from civil society and so on and there are some suggestions to change um some of these circumstances so luckily this is not the final version this is just the drafts that are being stirred and um there is still a lot of space for change. So from a democratic perspective, probably the biggest shortcoming of the Artificial Intelligence Act is that it only considers unacceptable harm those... So the Artificial Intelligence Act is a structure on harms, and it, it prohibits the use of artificial intelligence when it might cause physical or psychological harm, which is fair enough. Um, so basically, I mean, giving a simplistic example, it will prohibit uh, the use of artificial intelligence to suggest a person to commit suicide, suicide, which is, I mean, something that needs to be there. But by reducing harm to only physical and psychological, the Artificial Intelligence Act um, ignores harm to society and harm to our democratic principles. And that's something that, I mean, to a certain extent goes against the values of the uh, Lisbon Treaty, that basically uh, the, the values of the European Union on, on a democratic society. So an artificial intelligence system can be used even if we know that it can harm democratic principles in a society. That's why what I oppose is that those harms are actually included beyond simple elections. So um, the artificial intelligence considers that uh, using artificial intelligence for elections is high risk and needs to be um, 
needs to follow certain procedures. But you just need all the um, considering all the elections means it's taking a very technical point of view. So the counting of votings and that type of things, but not the political process. So that's um, the more the, the overall shortcoming of uh, the artificial intelligence act. It doesn't really focus on the concept of um, interpretability. And it basically doesn't have strong obligations to explain why an artificial intelligence system is doing one thing or another. So there is this concept of interpretability. All artificial intelligence systems should have a logic. We should understand why uh, is deciding to do one thing or another. So um, something that will be very uh, positive will be to enhance the obligations, the, uh, make them strong, uh, make um, insert stronger obligations in the Artificial Intelligence Act um, that trace and explain better the behavior of uh, online um, artificial intelligence systems, and that actually creates more accountability. So if an artificial intelligence system is behaving in a way that we consider illegal, that there is a clear accountability. Who is responsible for that? That can also uh, protect political campaigns because if there is clear accountability, then there will be a lot of liabilities if an artificial intelligence system is deployed for a political campaign. So then we will know who is responsible for something. Something that needs to be reinforced at the Artificial Intelligence Act is the complaining mechanisms. Um, right now, it's very difficult to set up complaining, uh, a, a clear complaining mechanism, uh, a clear complaint system um, based on what the Artificial Intelligence Act says. And that creates the risk that it's basically impossible to, again, find out uh, or create, create a clear chain of accountability uh, linked with the use of uh, artificial intelligence systems. Uh, but as I say, there are uh, have been a few proposals um, from some of the MIPs that are working on this that are actually trying to address these, uh, these shortcomings. And um, I'm confident they will actually um, they will actually change and improve um, the final piece of legislation. That was Nerd by Young Earth Source and Sika. I think like what you're saying about uh, who's like responsible for spreading misinformation, especially tied with political campaigning, it kind of you know brings us back to the principle of truth. And right now, there's already so much misinformation happening without people being held accountable for it, even if it can be led back to political campaigning. I think that's, of course, also a complicated factor outside, even uh, tying in with artificial intelligence. Yes, um, that's a fundamental thing, um, a fundamental problem that we have right now, and is that there is no accountability. And there is no accountability because we can't trace who is behind um, disinformation campaigns. Uh, I think there is something that is very important to understand and is that um, the internet is full of disinformation and, and misinformation. And 
and that can be myself writing a tweet saying that uh, the sky is uh, orange. And that the likelihood of that um, becoming viral and, and actually influencing the political process is very low because um, I'm just an individual and there is no, um, I mean, and it's, it's, it's quite obvious that is not the truth. Um, but what, when it comes to political campaigns, we're not talking about individuals just writing weird things and, and then pushing those things. There are coordinated efforts. So political operatives coordinate an effort to push certain narratives using a wide range of techniques ranging from just um, creating um, troll farms that push that narrative um, to astroturfing, so basically making sure that people think that's the general feeling in society. So if somebody says, I oppose um, the striking down federal protections for abortion, as it's happening now in the US, then there will be a swarm of people uh, commenting into that saying, but everybody agrees and we are against this um, legislation and so on. So you actually get the feeling that that's a predominant opinion in society. So there's a lot of techniques, but we, we are completely in the dark knowing how these coordinated attacks to information happen. I mean, we know how they happen, but we don't know who is behind. We know who's behind it, but we can't actually um, um, demonstrate that. And, and that's what needs to change. And that's why um, the Digital Service Act, it's, it's very important because it's going to open up at the European Union level, at least uh, the data from, from political, uh, from, from all the, all the networks. But we also need to go farther than that. We need to start looking at how these campaigns are built and how these campaigns are paid because they're very expensive. And if we were able to trace the money, then we will have way more information about who is behind these campaigns. Um, I think what we need to realize is that we need we need to figure this out before it gets impossible to trace because everything is artificial intelligence based um, as uh, uh, contrary to what is now that is mostly based on um, human You just heard uh, Avalanche by Sahara Hot Nights. This is Radio UF. But uh, so are you um, are you confident that these problems can be overcome or are you more pessimistic? I'm relatively pessimistic. I don't <laughs> think um, I don't think legislation will be able to overcome these problems. Um, not because we don't have the right legislation, but because um, we don't, we have too many political parties that between democracy and power, they prefer power. Mm. And 
they will use any technique available to uh, achieve power. And if we don't, I mean, that's a bigger problem than just this information. This information here becomes just a tool for a bigger problem. So even if we make it very difficult for them to um, to use this information as a tool, um, that doesn't solve the underlying problem, which is that between democracy and power, they have decided to take power and not, I mean, to, to prioritize power and not democracy. Yeah, that's difficult. Like, I wanted to ask you whether, um how the timing of this act is or whether we're like already too late or, uh, or, or whether the real consequences are still be unleashed to be unleashed on us. But if you look at it from that way, it's it, it's almost all like quite not that impactful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's late. I think it's surprisingly on time. Um, so the, all the legislation that has been uh, put in place regarding um, technology, especially lately by the European Union, was a bit late uh, because it's addressing, it's trying to address problems that started to arise in 2016 or even before. So we're talking about like six years already. And um, so, I mean, the European Union is still uh, moving about uh, legislating political acts online. And, and that's something that it's even not important. I, I would say it's not that important anymore um, because that's not, I mean, that was a problem in 2016, but then we have figured out how to, how to avoid it, um, how to make that sure that that's not a problem anymore. So um, in this case, I think it's good timing. Um, as I said at the beginning, there is a lot of hype on artificial intelligence. Um, there is, a, of course, a lot of potential, but we still, we still distinguishing between the hype and the potential, the real potential. And, um, so we need to, the sooner we actually create this, uh, this legislation, then, uh, whenever the hype passes and the real potential comes, um, then we have something in our hands to, to protect our You just listened to Lemna Alt for Gut uh, from Avantgarde. Okay, so maybe a very broad question, but uh, then how do you see the future of artificial intelligence in general and like what conversations are we going to have about it in the future, do you think? Um, I think the key conversations we're going to have are going to be around interpretability. So. A lot of the conversation now is about how artificial intelligence is biased because our data is biased. So um, there is a lot of, uh, there has been a lot of uses by states uh, of artificial intelligence, for instance, to set what's the risk of a person um, committing a crime. And the data, underlying data that artificial intelligence uses to set your crime risk is based on on probably a lot of bias misconceptions. So for instance, um, saying that our immigrants are more likely to commit a crime 
um, or people from a particular background, it's more likely to commit a crime. Uh, and then the artificial intelligence system reproducing those bias. But I don't think, I mean, the data that we have is the data that we have. Um, the problem is not that the data is biased. The problem is that the way, I mean, that any any use of artificial intelligence will always be biased. If you're trying to, um, if you're trying to guess who is going to be a criminal, you are already biasing um, this because the, there is a chance of making a mistake. Um, so the key conversation will be interpretability. How do we know why an artificial intelligence system has taken one decision and not another decision? So why why I have been um, highlighted as a potential criminal, whereas another person has not been highlighted as a potential criminal? Um, I think that will be a, a key conversation that we that we will have to have in the future and that will help people understand also how how artificial intelligence systems are working it is also very difficult to explain those things um again artificial intelligence systems are very complex and they, they rely on, on on a number of variables that that is are difficult to explain yeah that's interesting i i agree like um i think um the whole thing about artificial intelligence uh, it feels uh, a little bit abstract if you're not very uh, if you don't know a lot about it uh, so i think it's interesting that you mentioned that it will, it's hard to explain interpretability that was doritos and fritos by 100 gex this is student radio 98.9 you're listening to radio uf i I actually also had still like a bit more of a philosophical question. Democratic like democracies, the idea of a democracy is super old. It goes back to the ancient Greeks, Greece, Greeks, <laughs> and it has uh, changed since then. But at the same time, uh, even our like democracies are old. Are they like designed to deal with these new developments? And uh, would we need radical changes? Would we need like some kind of reimagination of democracy? I don't think artificial intelligence introduces such a change in society that we actually need to change our political system. Well, it opens a few possibilities that we could harness to improve our democracies, not to, I wouldn't say, to add new things to our democracies. So one idea, for instance, that I, I, that I love, that I think um, we should test is uh, sortition, so um, drawing. Uh, selecting a few public officials by a lottery, and not by an election. So not, not all of them, of course, but let's say 25% of our parliament is just randomly selected citizens. So uh, actually, artificial intelligence will help us um, creating very accurate profiles of um, who do we want to put into that uh, lottery in order to um, make sure that all society is represented. So let's say we select 70 persons out of everybody who is capable of doing and we give them four years to be a part of the parliament so they will they will have the power to basically pass i mean they wouldn't be able to pass any law by themselves in, in a relatively big parliament but nobody will be able to pass a law without their support um and then they will never be re-elected so they don't have to think about re-election they just need to think well 
to defend the ideas that they, they believe in. Uh, they are not influenced by political party and, you know, like having to vote with your political party because you want a, a better position in the future. They, they wouldn't. They just have four years and then that's it. Um, so, for instance, artificial intelligence could help uh, in doing uh, that type of selection and, and making sure that those 70 persons are really well selected so they really represent society. But I don't think I don't think we need to change our system. We need to just make sure that we reinforce them. So reinforce it so it doesn't get hijacked using technological tools. All right. Well, I think uh, we're running out of time, um, and uh, we want to say thank you to you, Alberto, for joining us here today. Yeah. It has been a pleasure, really. Nice. Uh, and uh, this was. Radio UF at Studentradio 98,9. We will see you next week. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.